The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. Well, good morning, church. Welcome. Uh, great to have you back in the house of God this morning. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Shane. And uh, if you are new, very, very warm welcome. You've joined us in week two of this series we're going through on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are excited about this series. We're also expecting about what God might do through it. And so this morning, we're actually talking about how God gives gift to the body of Christ. And so we're going to spend the majority of our time in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, but we're going to jump around to a few different places as well. Uh, but if you weren't here last week, I just want to reiterate a few things for us. Uh, as a church, the aim for this series is that we might know God more fully, know Him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we thought that perhaps the Holy Spirit was the member of the Trinity that we kind of focused on the least or had the most kind of misunderstanding about. And so as we saw last week, we don't need to be afraid of wholeheartedly pursuing the Holy Spirit. In fact, we should pursue the Holy Spirit with all we have because we looked at the fact that in all things, He points us to glorify Christ. So we should wholeheartedly seek after the Holy Spirit. In fact, He is the power and presence of God in us and in us as a church. And so we need the Holy Spirit for all things life and godliness and to work in our church for the upbuilding of the body and for the glory of God. So we don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Also, uh, last week spoke about that we can kind of breathe as we go through this series because we're never going to be this church that kind of lines you up at the front, just pushes you down in the name of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to do that. We're not going to have a microphone up the front here for you just to come up whenever you want and start prophesying. That's not what we're going to do. And we're not going to be a church that throws the Bible out because we think we've got new revelation from the Holy Spirit that ain't in the book. Like That's not what we are about. But we do believe that God is a miraculous God. He is a powerful God and He moves today in and through us as the body of Christ. And so we want to be serious about pursuing the Holy Spirit. Like I said, our aim as a church is to be a church that is serious about theology, grounded in the Bible, but set ablaze by the Holy Spirit. That's our aim as a church. So we want to be a church that worships both in spirit and in truth, and that desires to see the manifestation of the Spirit in and through us as the body of Christ. And so today we turn to what is perhaps the most contentious and controversial topic when it comes to the Holy Spirit, and that's spiritual gifts. And whilst this morning is not going to be some comprehensive guide to all things spiritual gifts, uh, our aim in this is just to bring some clarity around the gifts of the Spirit. And maybe for some of us to bring some clarity around what we believe here at LCC when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit and their purpose within the church. And so this morning is, is, is kind of like spiritual gifts 101. And so in saying that, let's pray and we'll get into the Word of God. Lord, thank you that you are here with us this morning by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would open our hearts to hear your word proclaimed. Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me, that your word would go out. And Lord, that you would lead us into all truths as you do. We thank you for your word that is alive and active and that it pierces our hearts. And so this morning, I pray that we would know you more fully as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That we would rejoice in the good gifts that you have given us by your grace to be celebrated and used for your goodness and your glory. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, there are normally two camps of beliefs, right? On one side, there's this group of people who believe that the gifts of the Spirit were given to the early church as a like, demonstration of the power of the gospel. And they were used to lay the foundation of the church. But now that we have the Bible... 
these group of people believe that we no longer need those gifts. We no longer need the kind of relatory gifts like prophecy and word of knowledge and tongues. And in fact, those gifts have actually ceased and are no longer around in the church. And this belief is called cessationism. The gifts have ceased. And on the other end of the spectrum is this belief that, yes, the Holy Spirit did give the gifts to the early church as a demonstration of power of the gospel, and it was for the laying the foundation of the early church. But in fact, the Holy Spirit continues today to equip the church by giving them gifts for the edification of the body. And this group is called continuationists because they believe the gifts continue. And so on one side, you've got that the gifts continue today. On the other side, you've got that the gifts cease today. And obviously, this is a spectrum like all things, but most people will live close to either side of this spectrum. And so here at LCC, this might come to a shock to some of us and perhaps not to others, we are a continuationist church in that we believe that God continues to give gifts to the body of Christ to edify the body of Christ for God's glory, that God continues to give us gifts graciously that we might build each other up in godliness into the fullness of Christ. And so in saying that, I want to make one comment before we move on. We are a continuationist church. We believe God moves in power. But if you don't know what you believe when it comes to spiritual gifts, I hope that this morning, and I pray this morning, is informative for you. But maybe that you have wrestled honestly with Scripture, like wrestled honestly with the Bible, and you just happen to land in this other camp. That is okay. You are obviously still part of this church. You can obviously still be a part of this church. This isn't an issue of salvation. This isn't a do you love Jesus or not. This isn't a are you going to be in heaven. Yes, you might have a smaller mansion, but you're still going to have a mansion. You're not going to care. You're obviously still a part of this body if you have wrestled honestly with Christian. But we are under the conviction that the Bible speaks clearly, that God continues to give gifts to the body. And so whilst you're obviously still a part of this body, what we are going to do is pursue these gifts. We're going to see what it looks like for us at LCC in our context to step in to these gifts and ask, okay, what do they look like for us? And so you may experience things that you just don't have a framework for, and I think that is okay. And so in saying that, I think it's probably good that we kind of look at what spiritual gifts are and what are they for. And so I want to jump into 1 Corinthians 12. We'll start at verse 4. It should come up on the screen. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing to, uh, by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions each uh, one individually at he, as his wills. So we believe spiritual gifts are simply uh, sovereignly empowered abilities or ministries given to the body of Christ through the manifestation of the Spirit as God wills. These are gifts given to the body through the manifestation of the Spirit as God wills. These spiritual gifts is God's idea. They're not our idea. And I love this. This is a Godhead idea. I don't know if you saw this in verse 4. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the, it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. 
It's a God idea. It wasn't like Jesus said, oh, it's better that I go that the Holy Spirit might come. And then as the Holy Spirit falls and everyone starts speaking in tongues, Jesus is like, oh, didn't know that was going to happen. No. Spiritual gifts are God's idea. God gave them to us for the common good, the building up of the church. And we need to take seriously what God has given us and use these gifts because they are gracious gifts that God has given to the body of Christ. And so what are they for? What are spiritual gifts for? Well, if we look back at verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Therefore, our common good. In fact, Paul goes on in chapter 14 when speaking of prophecy to say it is for the edification of the church, the building up of the church. And then in Ephesians 4, Paul reiterates that these gifts are actually given to the body to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Therefore, building up the body, the edification of the body to equip the saints for ministry. And then in Romans a book not usually known for speaking about spiritual gifts. Paul writes, For I long to see you, that I might impart to you some spiritual gifts, to strengthen you. That is, that we mutually be encouraged by each other's faith, yours and mine. So spiritual gifts are given to the body of Christ for the building up of the body of Christ, the edification, the strengthening, the consolation, the encouraging, the equipping that we might do all things through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why God has given us spiritual gifts. They are not for controlling people. They're not so you could put yourself on a pedestal because you have a certain gift. They're not for using your power in unbiblical ways. They're not for manipulation. They're not so you can get on stage and pretend to be a fortune teller. That's not what these gifts are for. Sadly, we have seen them used that way, but they are not for that. In fact, when the Bible speaks about spiritual gifts, it is always, it is always in a positive light. It is always for the building up of the body and never for the tearing down. And yet, like I said, we have seen, many of us have experienced spiritual gifts used in unbiblical ways. And so I, I kind of understand why some churches avoid pursuing spiritual gifts. Like Paul to the church in Thessalonica, he writes this, Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecy, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Paul said, hey, don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecy. Why did he say this? Because prophecy can be easy to despise. Like we've all heard those TV evangelists prophesying the world's going to end because of some calendar that they looked at. Or we've been a part or experienced prophecy in churches where someone's prophesied over you that you need to give them $100 or you need to divorce your wife or God told me that you're to marry me. Like we've all seen this stuff done unbiblically. And so I get it. Prophecy can be easy to despise. But Paul says, hey, don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecy, but test everything. Weigh it, judge it against God's character and God's word. And then what? Hold fast to what is good. So our role as Christians is not to despise, not to neglect, not to avoid these things. Let's not quench the spirit. We need to hold fast to what is good, test everything. Let's take, uh, for instance, the church at Corinth. Because I, I want to argue that spiritual gifts are never the problem. The problem is always immature Christians using them in unbiblical ways. Spiritual gifts are never the problem. So the church in Corinth, like, they're a messed up church. Like, think of the craziest church you've ever experienced or that maybe you've ever seen on TV, preschoolers compared to the church at Corinth. Like some real messed up immoral stuff going on here. 
like people sleeping with their stepmoms. There's, there's, they're getting drunk at the communion table. They're fighting with each other, taking each other to court. And then when it comes to spiritual gifts, they're no better. There was abuse and there was this excess use. They were turning the church cir- into a circus. Chaos and confusion. They were a messed up church. And so you would expect when Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians that he would say, that's it, we're done, I'm shutting this thing down. But that's not how he responds. That's not what he says. He doesn't say, hey, put a break on this. He doesn't even say, hey, calm down with that supernatural stuff. He doesn't say, let's slow down with the spiritual gifts. No, what does Paul say to this church clearly using these gifts incorrectly? Well, he says this in chapter 14, 1, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. What? No, maybe he means you know, spiritual gifts like mercy or teaching or something. No, he says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And then later on in chapter 14, he says, so you earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Isn't that just throwing gas on the fire? But they're clearly not using these gifts for biblical way. They're not doing any good here. And yet Paul's response what Paul is trying to get across to the church at Corinth. And I think what we need to see today is spiritual gifts are never the issue, especially in the church in Corinth. What was the issue was the maturity and the character of the church, not the spiritual gifts. And so what does Paul do? He doesn't say, let's throw out spiritual gifts. In fact, he says, you need to pursue, earnestly desire that which builds up the church. Take your eyes off yourself and pursue that which builds up the church, that you might love and serve and care for one another. We need to desire spiritual gifts. Paul says you need to desire, because the point of the gifts is to build unity. The problem in Corinth is there was no unity. They're all doing, the, doing everything selfishly. Paul says, hey, you need to desire spiritual gifts, because this is what builds each other up. So our job as a church is not to despise gifts. Maybe we've seen them used unbiblically. Maybe they make us feel a bit awkward and weird. And I understand that. But our desire is that we would be a church that pursues wholeheartedly the gifts of the Spirit, that we might love and build each other up, that we might strengthen each other, encourage each other, that there might be unity amongst us. As we take our eyes off ourselves for a moment and say, how can I serve and care and love those around me? Because I'm under the conviction that we are to be a Bible-based church. I'm pretty sure we've got it on our banner up the front. And if we want to take it serious about being a church that is biblically based, then I think we need to take Paul's numerous exhortations to desire spiritual gifts seriously. If we want to be a church that claims to be biblically based, then we need to take seriously the numerous, numerous exhortations to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Then we might build each other, we might edify the body of Christ. We need to put away our awkward feelings and confusions and step in and ask, okay, what does this look like for us? Because I'm under the conviction that this is what the Bible tells us to do. And so we kind of got to do it. And so what does that look like for us? Well, my hope is that we wouldn't just be a church that gathers to be spectators. But we would gather that we might ask the questions, how can I love and serve those around me? How can I use my gifts better to build up the body? And so, um, spiritual gifts, they're from God. They're for the edification of the church, the building up of the church, and we are to earnestly desire them. But practically, what what does that look like for us? Well, 
My wife and I have uh, the privilege of building a house recently. We were blessed to be able to build a house. And there was this guy who came over one day recently to, to put this new window frame in. And he kind of gets there and he's trying to rip the window frame out. And he c- couldn't really get it. He's a big dude, but he just couldn't get this window out. And I'm just standing there watching him as, as I do. And he kind of steps back and he looks at it and he's like, oh, this isn't working. And then he kind of sees there's some screws and bolts up into the top corner. And in that moment, he kind of realized, oh, I don't have the tools. And, and then he just left. I remember sitting there being like, who's going around trying to build houses and doesn't bring the tools with them? Right? Maybe the church. Or imagine this. If you're a carpenter and the first day on the job, you don't bring any tools with you, and then someone offers you a nail gun or a power drill, and your response is, nah, they're weird. You know those people that use those power drills? They're weird. I'm just going to push the nail in myself. You know what? I might reason with it and tell it to go in. No, you wouldn't do that. Nobody does that. And yet so often I think this is the response of some churches when it comes to the tools God has given us to build up the church. We say, no, thank you. We're going to do this in our own strength. We cannot do anything of significant value in this room without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in and through us. We just can't. We're a bunch of people singing off key, a bunch of people playing guitar quite well. You guys did well, but... But it's not worship unless God is here with us. Now I feel bad for everyone who plays guitar. You're better than me, so that's, that's fine. But our job is to pursue these gifts. That we might build up the body of Christ. They might use the tools that God has given us, not for selfish ambition, not to control or manipulate or for power, but in love. That we might see the church come into the fullness of Christ. Because we don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit because he's going to continue to point us and glorify Jesus in all things. And so let's be a church serious about it. My desire is that everybody in this room would walk in your giftings, the gifting that the Lord has given you. If you're a Christian here this morning, you have a spiritual gift. In fact, you might have two or three. But every single person in this room, if you believe in Jesus and place your trust in him, has a spiritual gift given by the Holy Spirit. You just might not know what it is. Some of us might not know what it is. If, you, if you're here this morning, you don't know what spiritual gift you have. Turn to the Holy Spirit. Ask him. Pray that he might reveal it to you. We're going to have some time after the service like we do, and we're, just going, to, we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for anything that you need prayer for. But if you, you, I want you to come up. If you don't know what spiritual gift you have, and I, I would love to pray for you. Like Paul says, he comes to impart some spiritual gift to the church at Rome. I'd love to pray that God just might reveal but I don't need to pray for you. You can ask those around you to pray for you. In fact, a great way of figuring out what gift you have is to ask those who know you best. Say, hey, what what spiritual gift do you think I have? In fact, I think one of the best ways to figure out what spiritual gift you might have is to start serving the body of Christ. Because as you serve those around you, you'll see where you're most fruitful and where you are edifying the most. And in that, you'll see the purpose of spiritual gifts, which is to build up the body of Christ. So let's pray, let's ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us today what spiritual gifts we have. Let's start serving the body of Christ, that in all things we might look to build the body of Christ up. Maybe you don't know how many spiritual gifts there are, and maybe when you hear spiritual gifts, you just think of prophecy and tongues and word of knowledge. Uh, there, there's spiritual gifts. There's a few lists. There's some here in 1 Corinthians 12, and then there's some in 1 Corinthians 14, and there's also some in Romans 12, and there's a, another list in 1 Peter 4 and Ephesians 4. There, there's, there's these lists all through the Bible 
They list about 20 or so spiritual gifts. Um, We don't think this is an exhaustive list. We don't think this lists all the gifts of the Spirit. We're certainly not going to start adding our own gifts in, but we don't think this is all the gifts. But maybe you're here this morning and you don't know what gifts are. Read through these lists. And you might, as you're reading, you might see, oh, actually, that, that might be the gift I have. I might have the gift of administration. Or I might have the gift of helping. That's a gift. I might have the gift of mercy or generosity. Maybe I do have the gift of prophecy, a word of knowledge. Just read through this list. And then if you see a gift that, that you might want, it's okay to pray for it. Whilst we believe that God sovereignly gives spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit sovereignly bestows upon each one of us a spiritual gift, I think the Bible is clear that it's okay to pray for gifts. Earnestly desire spiritual gift, especially that you might prophesy. And then Paul, when he speaks about those who, who speak in tongues, he says, pray that you also might interpret those tongues. So if you're reading a gift and that you go, hey, I would love that gift, it is okay to pray for it. In fact, um, I think I know what spiritual gifts I have, but I, I've always wanted the gift of prophecy or the gift of word and knowledge. I think just really cool gifts that are used to edify the body. In fact, I remember a few, few years ago, quite a long time ago now, second year Bible college student, um, and I would pray for this gift. I'd ask that God would give me, give me words that I might do something for him. And I remember uh, after Bible college, we'd do this quite often, would late night lesson, and we'd all sit together, a few of our friends, and we'd just ask God to speak to us, give us a word for somebody. And I remember this one time, I don't, know, I don't know how it came into my mind, I don't remember whether it was a picture or it was some words, but I got this knowledge in my brain I need to pick up a man. Pick up a man. Like I didn't know if it just meant like physically pick him up. We assumed it meant in my car, so we all kind of jumped in my car and we just, we drove around. And we drove around, and we drove around, and then we saw someone and it was a girl. So we kept driving around, because it didn't say pick up a woman, it said pick up a man. And then it was about midnight and and there's literally not one dude on the street. And so I was like, oh, that's it. Man, I really thought God spoke to me. And so I ended up dropping my mates back at their car and they, they kind of left. And I was just driving home and I was, I was tired because it was about 1 a.m. at this point. And I was also discouraged because I really wanted this gift. I really thought the Lord spoke to me. And I was driving home and it was about a kilometer from my house and I just see some dude on the side of the road hitchhiking. And I'm like, man, I'm way too tired to pick him up. And I just drove straight past him. And I'm not done. And then it clicked. I'm like, oh, pick up a man. Yeah. Yeah, And so I did a U-turn, and I went back, and I, I picked this dude up. And long story short, this, this guy was sick, and he needed to get to the hospital because he had run out of his medication. And so I just drove him to the hospital. I picked up the man and drove him to the hospital. And I just got to talk to him along the way. I got to pray for him. And we exchanged numbers, and then that was it, and I dropped him off. And I was like, that's cool, lad. It's like, I don't know what the Lord did, but that was cool. And then he texted me the next day and said, hey, Shane, I need to go see my son. Can you pick me up? And so I went and I picked up the man. And then as we're driving, I said, oh, well, where's your son? And he said this to me. He said, well, my son actually lives with some foster parents. And these foster parents happened to be my auntie and uncle. And his son was a kid that I grew up with, seeing at every family lunch. And we were both sitting there in this moment like, what? Like, how crazy is that? And then the next week, he came to church, and I got to tell him how much God loves him, and he gave his heart to Jesus. Because I picked up a man. Like, I desired this gift. 
Like not for my glory, but for God's glory. Man, I would love to see that God do stuff like that more often. I think that's awesome. Something miraculous happened because a bunch of kids just sat around and asked God to speak to us. Our job is to desire spiritual gifts, that the body of Christ might be built up, that God might do what only he can do. So let's be a church that pursues this, that chases after this. And so what that's going to look like for us at LCC is we want to create space. We want to create opportunities and moments to be able to walk in our giftings. We want to set boundaries. We want to be, be careful, make, make safe spaces for people to practice gifts. And then we want to be okay when people get things wrong. We need to be okay with people getting things wrong, especially when it comes to those more relevatory gifts, right? And now, I want to say something real quickly when it comes to prophecy. Prophecy in the Old Testament is different from New Testament prophecy. Prophecy in the Old Testament is an infallible God speaking through a vessel to his people. The inerrant revelation of God. That's Old Testament prophecy. New Testament prophecy as a gift is fallible humans trying to receive infallible, inerrant words from a holy God and then interpret and apply them to other fallible humans. And so there is a difference between Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy. And that's why we are called to test it, to weigh it, to judge it against God's word and his character. And then hold fast to what is good. And so if someone comes up and prophesies that God told me that you are to do this and that you're to give me $100, you can just walk away. That kind of authoritative revelation is done with. And so as God speaks now through the gift of prophecy, we are to test and we are to weigh but we need to be okay with people getting things wrong. As much as we're going to set boundaries and we're going to try and do this in a safe way, we want to keep moving forward. And so let me give you an example of, of what could happen, right? If someone just say someone's praying for you over on the side and, and, and whilst we're not going to do this now, uh, there might be a few people and maybe someone says to you, hey, like I feel God's put something on my heart for you. I've got this picture of, it was actually your cat uh, chasing your neighbor's cat across the road. And, and I think that just means that you're meant to be chasing your neighbor across the road and, and sharing the gospel. But you don't have a cat and you live in a farm, right? Like clearly not from you, clearly not from God to you. But I think that's okay. As, some, as people try and step out and what they believe God is saying to them, I think it's okay to get things wrong. Because we want to respond in humility and grace and love. And we don't want to put people down. We don't want to tear people down. We don't want to avoid altogether because someone got something wrong. That person is not a false prophet because you don't have a cat. Okay? So how I would respond in a situation like that, I'd be like, hey, look, thanks so much for your boldness and your courage to, to step out in faith and, and, and share with me what you think God's saying to you. Like, whilst I actually don't have a cat and I live on a farm... That's such a good reminder that I should be sharing the gospel with those around me. I just want to encourage you, keep pursuing what gifts God's given you. In all these gifts, we need to walk in humility and grace. And we need to be okay with creating space for people to fail and to get things wrong. Because we don't do this with any other gifts apart from those kind of relevatory gifts. Like, take the gift of teaching, for example. Now, I'm not saying I have the gift of teaching. That was Maddie. Maddie said that. Let's take the gift of teaching, right? I have preached some awful sermons in my time. Like, I've listened to some of my old sermons, and I've really butchered passages of the Bible. Like, I didn't even know what the word context meant. And yet, nobody is going around calling me a false teacher. Well, I hope not. 
And you might be glad to know that after I preach here on Sundays, I meet with Kylem on Monday morning and he listens to the sermon and he gives me feedback and correction and training and encourages me how I might preach better for the edification of the body of Christ. And so it's okay for us to fail just because some, sometime I had interpreted a text wrong. We're not going, that's it, we're throwing out teaching altogether. No. And yet so often when it comes to the sign gifts, the revelatory gifts, the second we get one thing wrong, we go, nah, we're done. And we chuck it out. I think it's okay to train and encourage and coach each other's in their spiritual gifts. And although I use prophecy and teaching as an example, I'm talking about all spiritual gifts. I want to equip people in how they might use their gift of generosity better. I want to equip people in how they might use their gift of healing better. I want to equip people in how they might use their gift of mercy better. I want to equip people in how they might use their gifts of help better, administration better, words of knowledge. I want to equip us as a body of Christ to grow in all that God has given us. And so we need to be a church serious about pursuing the Holy Spirit, the gifts that he has given us for the building up of the church, the strengthening of the church, the edification of the church for our good and his glory. And so we're going to be a church that creates space to walk in these gifts, to exercise gifts. We're going to create boundaries so people feel safe to exercise their gifts, but we are going to pursue them. So I believe that's what God tells us to do. I think our job as a church is to pursue spiritual gifts. And then I think, like Paul, to this church at Corinth that was in chaos and confusion, he didn't throw out the gifts, but he lent in with teaching and correction. And so I think it's the job of the elders and those that preach up here on a Sunday to lean in with good, sound, biblical teaching on what it looks like for a church to walk in the gifts of the Spirit faithfully. And so that is our endeavor. My endeavor and my prayer is hopefully in the next year or so, we're going to have some time, Lord willing, Kyle and willing, to be able to go through, they're different things, by the way, um, to go through a few of these spiritual gifts individually. Spend a week on looking at a few of these gifts and what that looks like for us as a church. And then I want to finish with this as the band comes up. We look at 1 Corinthians 12, right? It speaks about these spiritual gifts. Then we... And then it goes on in 1 Corinthians 14 to speak more about the spiritual gifts. And then right in the middle is 1 Corinthians 13, known as the love chapter, known as the I'm going to use this at my wedding chapter. And that's actually not what it's for, believe it or not. In between these two dense spiritual passages is this chapter on love. And so I want to read it. Paul writes, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy kong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give all that I have, and if I deliver my body up to be burnt, but have not love, I gain nothing. The point of all of this is love. The purpose and point of the spiritual gifts is for us to love the body of Christ better. Our aim in this is love. And not as in, okay, we'll love first, then we're going to use spiritual gifts as they're like a, a, a domino effect. No. As we love, we are empowered and motivated to serve the body of Christ by using our spiritual gifts to build a body of Christ up. 
It is love that motivates us to, to step out in our giftings, to see them exercised in the church. And as we do that, we grow in love as we take our eyes off ourselves and say, how can I love those around me better? How can I serve them? How can I bless them by using our spiritual gifts? Because that's what the Corinthian church missed. There's no love. And so our desire is to be a church that is serious about loving one another. Because if we're serious about loving one another, we're going to be serious about using our gifts to build up one another. And then we're going to see the body of Christ come into the fullness of Christ as the Holy Spirit transforms us more and more and more into the image of the Son. We can love because God first loved us. We saw on the cross as Jesus died for us, as the Father gave us the Son as a gift. And then as Jesus died and rose again, he ascended to heaven, then he gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift. And now the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are gifts upon gifts upon gifts upon gifts of grace given to the body of Christ. I want to be a church seriously about pursuing the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, that the body of Christ might be built up into the fullness of Christ. And so after this service, like I said, there's going to be a moment, there's going to be a time we would love to pray for you. Maybe you want to know what spiritual gift you have. We can, we can ask the Lord to reveal that to you. But also, I want you to come up if you want prayer for anything else, if you want prayer for healing. I want to plead with you that God might heal you. Maybe there's something going on in your workplace. I want to be a church. We want to be a church that is prayerfully dependent, not just on our banners, but lived out through the body. Maybe you see someone sitting beside you who seems upset, or you've spoken about earlier, has had a rough week. Turn to them, pray for them. It's not just people on the side that are going to be able to pray. We're to pray for one another, encourage one another as Christians. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others. But please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC. 